everyone, it's me, and I'm back. We're back. <laughs> it's killing me. We're back with a new episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. I'm Bridget Morawski, your host, and this is my co-host. I. <laughs> I like turtles. I like turtles. Yeah. Um, jumping right into my normal notes. If you'd like to reach out to us, feel free to do so via email at admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Social media, we are on Insta- Instagram, <laughs> Instagram and Pinterest at My Best Vintage Life Podcast. We have a website, www.mybestvintagelifepodcast.com, where you can sign up for our monthly vintage for business newsletter. Um, this month just went out, so if you want to sign up, you'll get next month's Google Voice. If you'd like to give us a call, leave us a voicemail. It's 559-365-6743. 559-365-6743. And if you would like to rate or review the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. That is a free way to help support the podcast. If you're not able to financially be a patron at this time, you can contribute through ratings and reviews. Ratings are great. We love them. We really, really appreciate reviews. Yeah, it we had a couple of really nice, honest ones. Yes, you know. we, we just had a really nice one. Um and we also had a nice review on our Podbean from a new patron, which I'll get to about halfway through the show. But if you want a review, you can do so on the Apple Podcast app if you're on iPhone or Podchaser. Podchaser is a really cool website where you can support my podcast and discover maybe some new ones for yourself. You can make playlists, save your favorite shows. You just have to make a free account, and it's a great place to write a nice review. My obsession at the moment, well, first off, do you have one? seems like morning pastries have become my thing yeah. or well bread has He's always been, been my thing i have been bad turnovers yeah. cherry turnovers cherry turnovers i love anything cherry cherry pie cherry turnovers anything like that well do you want to hear my obsession yes please i've never had a toaster oven in my life what ever come on no i mean my countertop in my house growing up was probably like four feet <laughs> maybe we had a toaster, a tiny toaster, two slice toaster, and a microwave in another part of the kitchen. So we didn't have a toaster oven growing up. And I don't think any of my college roommates had one. Didn't have one in my apartment before I moved to California. Didn't have the counter space there either. How you living? How am I living? Well, I got myself, I splurged and got myself the Balmuda toaster oven, which has was developed in Japan. Uh, I mean, just leave it to the Japanese to do it, you know. It's just, it's unreal. You pour water into it, just a little bit to create steam. And the inside of the bread stays, like, soft and moist, but the outside is crispy. And, oh, my God, it's so good. You can do... You've already used it? Oh, yeah. You can do bread. You can do art... Well, there's, like, loaf bread, artisan bread, pizza, pastries, and then there's an oven function. The oven function doesn't use steam, but all the reheating ones do. So good and so worth it. If you have a little extra cash and you're looking for a new toaster oven, I highly recommend it. I was a little sad, though. There's a color that you can only get in Japan that you can't get here. So I just got the white one. But in Japan, they have, like, a beautiful, like, cream-colored one. And my kitchen countertops are pink and the cabinets are brown. So I wanted something warm and neutral so I just I had to stick with white because I don't like black or gray appliances I don't like stainless steel fridges it's just too cold for me I feel like I'm in a morgue yeah that's the first thing I think about yeah when I see stainless steel as opposed to the wonderful food that's inside (laughs) 
Sorry. Not Sorry. my not my cup of tea. Yeah. That's why they make so many different colors and options. Yes, now People they're making bespoke tastes. refrigerators. I'm still waiting for mine. Um Jumping right into today's topic, we're talking about 90s and Y2K vintage. Now, I thought this was a cool topic because, well, Art and I are from different eras. And in the 90s, he was living in California. And I was living in a small town in Pennsylvania. So I thought that this was small kind of town cool. Girl. Kind of cool to see if our memories differ, if there's things he remembers that I don't and vice versa. And I do think me being in a small town probably affected the range of things I saw. Um, so I kind of want to jump right in with one of my favorite aspects of the nineties. Y2K vintage scene is surf and skate brands. Oh, cool. So being in Pennsylvania and kind <coughs> of landlocked, um, the only place where I could really get the most of these brands was at a uh, pack sun Pacific Sunwear. And my favorite was Roxy by Quicksilver. That was my absolute favorite. Seriously? Yeah. But I mean, and I'm going to be saying this a lot. A lot of the stuff my parents really couldn't afford. So if I got it, it was for a special occasion. And I specifically wrote down Hula. They had a um, a perfume called Hula. And I remember it came in like a cardboard tube. And there was like a little Hula girl on the cover of it. And I think that same Christmas I got a wallet. And it was like ripstop. With like a grazing, I think we actually may have had it at the warehouse at one point in time. I remember seeing it, thinking, "Oh my god, that was my." It was like navy with like a gray zipper, but that was my Roxy wallet. And then I also really love Billabong. Um, those are my two brands that I really liked. And we're not going to sit here and name trends, guys. That's something you could easily look up online or that you already know. Where I just kind of wanted to talk about some of our favorite memories of that time. Yeah, for me. Uh... I was just finishing college. So I finished college in 91. And I remember I just wore so much neon, neon green, neon pink. I couldn't pull off the orange. And I had so many Massimo shorts. Mm. And and as all it was was the neon ones because I played a lot of volleyball back then, beach volleyball. Back same. before he went to jail. Yeah, well, he, he went to my school. He went to USC. So when I was a freshman, he would sell – the shorts out of the back of his car and it was so cool and they were 10 bucks each i have a question because i don't know a lot about my first memory of massimo was the first time i was ever in a target which was in high school there was a target that opened and sorry i hit a button with my elbow but (laughs) a target opened about an hour away from where i lived in Reading, pennsylvania in high school it was probably like my junior year and it was in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. And um, I remember seeing Massimo for the first time. So I guess my question is, did he have a brand outside of Target? Like, did he sell it outside of Target here Absolutely. in California? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And I it was just that. shorts it's, I think the difference in geography in probably. Well, not even that. It was the evolution of his company. I mean, he started his, like, you know, like I said, out of his car in 1987, 88. So he was slowly, I mean, you're not going to go straight to Target right away. No, I Because it was I a mean, new concept, new thing. Well, that's the thing. Beachwear. Like, Walmart was very common where I lived, but Target wasn't. So I don't know a lot about Target's history either. Um, but I know people have, you've had Target out here for ever, right? Yeah. But yeah. Target, I mean, started out, what, in Minnesota, Minneapolis? Yeah. And in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Well, but they um, did their own brands, and slowly you, they would buy other brands. Yeah, and like Neon, Neon, I remember like the surf, what is it, surf style, like those jackets. Surf style, yeah. like for us out here. My brother wore a ton of Neon, yeah. too. 
Maui and Sons was big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we always had the OP, Hang 10, Lightning yeah, Bolt. Oh, yeah, I forgot about OP and Hang 10. So those yeah. were the other two. It was, for me, it was Roxy Quicksilver, Billabong, OP, and Hang so 10. So you're like the third. That would be, I call, I consider that third generation skatewear. That's the third generation. And for me, I didn't even like the skate stuff as much as I liked the surf stuff, which was yeah. weird because I did like skateboarding. But um, I think surfing was more foreign to me because it took like, a long time for us to drive and see the ocean so i think i kind of like the the poser see, my style poser was my look. style was off because i was wearing my 80s clothes in the 90s which my tight fitting clothes when 90s were more baggy loose fitting not right away i mean it was an evolution true but i still wore it well because i mean i literally got rid of some things from high school just a couple of years ago oh god yeah um, I also thinking of Oakley's too. My brother loved oh, Oakley no, I, sunglasses. I could never wear them. They're so awkward. Oh. You know what though? He had really, he has like a very thin face and good cheekbones for them. I felt like you needed the right face for those. Yeah, I don't have that face. <laughs> but no, Where there was tops, face, there was more face. Tank tops were huge. Oh yeah. Tie-dye too. I wore a lot of tie-dye as a kid and Not neon me. tie-dye. See, it was a, tie-dye was associated with like stoners and potheads. Back the- this is, you probably won't have much to add to this, but I feel like we're always talking about clothes, but hair accessories were such a huge part. Oh my God. Of, yeah, oh my God. I'm going to talk about hair accessories now. Um, <laughs> so I just made a little list of some of the favorites. I love the accordion headbands where you would put them on. They were plastic. Oh yeah. And granted, I know, plastic, Bad, bad, but whatever. We didn't, I don't think we knew better back then. I was like in sixth grade. No, I used to throw them in the lake to catch fish. You would hook them in the back (laughs) and then you would comb through your hair. And it worked really good if you had some grizz in your hair, you know, because it held it better. It didn't work as good with clean hair. Grizzy. Grizz. I remember uh, like uh, soccer players and volleyball players using that. Oh, I could see that. But although if it was like, I'm thinking like volleyball players usually have like beautiful thick hair. I don't know how they got through. Those did not have arts rolling uh, I think okay. you're looking at that picture of me in the Zig, 90s. Zigzag hearts. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of like. Cars um, cry. Like beach texture, wavy, like down to their shoulder hair. All right. This is, that's a different episode you're working on. Okay. <laughs> My best nighttime dream. <laughs> Okay. Zigzag parts. So there's this thing called the part pizzazz where it would make like zigzag parts in your hair. Um, Butterfly clips, velvet clips, little claw clips, the topsy tail. It would like invert your ponytail. Snap clips. It was like like an isosceles triangle. Like, you know those ones? They'd snap. Uh, The Conair Wild Thing blow dryer. My brother took that from his high school girlfriend. It was like pink and blue a mini hair dryer i was obsessed with it so cute um the conair quick braid it would braid your hair and like put beads in it which seriously now would not fly but back then like you felt like you went to you know the Did, islands how about that one thing that was always on buy it now on tv the hair crimper that was no. another one i had hair crimping it made like a big tall like beehive oh I know what you're talking that- about. No. this is. I think these were more geared toward younger people. I think that's more geared toward, like, 
older people. <laughs> you got to oh, see the perm. face to appreciate her perm, comments. Perm for a day, which I loved. I got a perm once in my life and it held overnight and it looked so pretty. It was a body perm. So I kind of looked like a mermaid. And then it came out the next day. My mom was so fucking pissed because it was like, I mean, granted, God knows what a lot of money was to her, but she was How not you happy. Living? But anyways, you could buy perm for a day and do it yourself. And I think we tried that too. Did not work. And then hot rollers. I've had so many sets of hot rollers. I got rid of my last one just before I moved here. But for me, that was like the start of my hair journey, hot rollers, because I have thin hair, but I have a lot of it. And that's what I really needed to do to get it to hold any body or volume. And Velcro rollers, too. Wow. Yeah. Lots of hair accessory memories. Yeah, I really can't add much other than probably finding someone in my backseat. You know, and uh, when you go on vacation, you do the thread wrapping. <laughs> you do the thread. What did you say? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> scrunchies, too. But scrunchies were also big in the 80s. That's like a transitional hair trend. I got this hair wrap at on the boardwalk in ocean city maryland i remember it was like green and purple thread and then a yin yang bead at the bottom and from the hair not getting washed and like nutrients i remember i wore it i don't know what, how my catholic school allowed me to wear it but i kept it in through the start of school and then one day we we're playing basketball and it like literally fell out of my my fucking head it like went <laughs> <laughs> those things are looked upon too well these days you know white girls getting the hair wraps or the braids which i understand but i i'm gonna look for that fucking piece of hair tonight if it's in my memory book were you trying to clone yourself oh <laughs> well, it'll be possible with the dna and the hair yeah lucky me uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay do you have anything you else you wanted to talk about sorry no i'm good that's it what do you mean? For the whole episode? No. Oh. I, I, I thought we were still on this hair no, we're thing. we're moving past the hair accessories. Wow, well, to let someone know. What was your, like, okay, so it's, let's say, what year did you graduate USC? 91. 91. And then I went to chiropractic. I took What e was your go-to look in chiropractic school? Uh, short sleeve, white shirt, buttoned down with a lab coat. No, I was, I, I mean, I've had the same look probably since 1984, which is uh, comfortable khaki shorts, <laughs> a graphic t-shirt, and some tennis shoes. Now the brands of shoes have changed, but it's, I'm very comfortable and casual. But when I was in clinic, I had to dress up every day and that was okay. But like you know, when slacks. you went out with friends, what did you wear? A uh, very bright polo shirt. Like, it didn't matter the brand. When yeah. I say polo, it doesn't mean Ralph Lauren. It just means a three-button. Uh, Ralph who? Lauren. Lauren. Pronunciation snob is here. <laughs> Anyhow, so that was my look. And then I'd have, uh, I wasn't much of a jeans guy. Um, so I would wear, like, chinos, different colored chinos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So I was hoping for some kind of like wild card answer from you. Wild card answer? Like dancing on cars? No, wild card. Card. So like a surprise. Like, ooh, I didn't expect him to say that. Well, we're in the 90s right now. Yeah, but you I didn't get wild until the 2000s. That's okay, when... well, if we're talking about Y2K, not just the 90s. Oh, yeah. I was definitely, when I was going to the raves and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What'd you wear to the raves? I would wear like fur boots. Uh, I think the craziest thing I ever wore to a party was boots, cowboy boots, boxers, and a cummerbund. And that's it. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what year was this? That would be like 99. Yeah. This was in Vegas for a New Year's Eve party that Mariah Carey was throwing, and it was awful. They let you in dressed like that? Oh, yeah. You should see what everybody else was wearing. Oh, I mean, in Vegas, it's yeah, skank city. Yeah. And then in college, sorry, we, had a, not sorry. <laughs> we had a hedonism party. And I remember I, I was awful. What? In college? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Was this your frat? Yeah. And, so uh, this is just like one big? No. No. No, no. No, not one big one. Just like maybe little pockets of them. But no, not one big one. It's just a theme. Like you'd have... Like a Roaring Twenties, the gangster theme. You'd have, oh, the the worst one ever looking back was Streets of L.A. theme. So people dressed up what they saw in the streets of L.A. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, can you imagine that? Now today everybody would be homeless at the party. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I won't lie. It's gotten bad there. Well, no. No, I was just going to say, I've seen... I've seen homeless people in Fresno with better style than people that are housed. So. Oh, I get so pissed off. I mean, I'll see somebody homeless and I, I'm actually confused. I'm like, wow, I love that style. Just the way they layer. And I I'm really like, don't I, know. Some, sometimes it's questionable. Yeah. Chic? Chic or? Homeless. Homeless. Yeah. I don't know. And I, we're not even trying to be mean. Like, no, I'm I've serious. Just, there, have, there have been, like, especially in my old neighborhood. That one kid? That one kid, yeah, by yeah. my house. He'd, oh, he'd have Jordans. And he had the most beautiful long ponytail, and he had the best style. Um, and I'm still then, convinced he's one of those, like, urban campers. Yeah, I don't think he was truly home. Yeah. He was too clean. Too something. Like, his hair was conditioned. It was shiny and glossy. But there was one guy who looked, like, kind of post-apocalyptic, but also, like, he just walked off a runway in Paris, and I could never... I, there are just some that really throw me for a loop i'm not even kidding yeah so i don't know okay well yeah i've never about, been i've never about, been uh we've moved on from your sex parties um yeah i was i can i talk about something of there? course oh. when haven't you been able to i was thinking about like pool slides you know just pool like slides slides like sandal slides you know now they're very popular but the real like the very beginning of that, I really remember being in the 90s. I can remember my friend had a pair of the Adidas massaging ones. With the little bumps on the bottom? Oh, my God. I wanted them so bad. So my mom takes me to the store in the mall called the Shoe Department. I'm not sure if that's a nationwide store or not, but they had, like, discount shoes. So we went there and got a pair of the bumpy ones. And I wanted to put them on right away. Had to put them on right away. Within 10 minutes, we were back in the store returning them. Those things hurt so bad. Like, I was, it was like searing pain. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance. So, no, I couldn't do that. I could only do the flat ones. But I feel like Adidas and Nike, 
that was like prime time for that, especially, well, at least where I lived, you know, my friends and I, at that point in time, like fourth, fifth and sixth grade, we didn't dress like we didn't have a very feminine way of dressing. We wore a lot of like soft shorts, oversized t-shirts, pool slides. Oh, we here. were riding bikes, we were rollerblading, we were swimming, you know, like I, we, I wasn't wearing dresses or skirts. I did that when I was little and when I was older, but like that point in time, it was more about comfort, very similar to what you see today with like athleisure and people working from home, being at home with the pandemic. Like I do see kind of similarities between when I was younger and now, but I hated those fucking massaging slides. They were awful. Have you ever worn them? I have. I was going to tell you that, uh, that's when I, when I first started the business, I used to buy so many shoes from the Adidas outlet stores and I'd gotten some of those and they were absolutely awful. Oh man. You had to put them in the sun to soften up those bumps. Yeah. My friend, I think hers had just been worn. And when I put them on, it's like, Ooh, this feels good. And then when I put them on, it was like, not, not for me. Now, you know, you know, you brought up a good point. Mm. I think a lot of times like in ears and trends and things, it's also age specific in it. Like, you know, because you have groups like what were the kids wearing in that era? What were the adolescents, the 20 year olds? Well, that's why I wanted, I think it would be good for you and I to talk because there's an age gap and, you know, you were wearing different things than I was. Yeah, absolutely. And even older, I'm trying to think of what the clubbers, like the people that went out to the bars and all that. And a lot of sundresses. Oh, I remember just. Oh, no. And that's the thing. Like, then once I hit like seventh, eighth grade, then sundresses, I felt like were a big trend. Like, yeah. I can remember wearing them at the beach and like, oh, those no, I'm talking about like, just like bars, bars. It was yeah, all oh, sundresses everywhere. Yeah. Well, and I remember walking on the boardwalk, like in the summer at the beach and, and women, moms, older women, you know, people, well, back then, 30s seemed old to me, but lots of people in dresses, not many people, like, in casual clothes. Right. So there was definitely that era, too. So in the early 2000s, we, we had just started doing the Rose Bowl. And you'd get a great, great snippet of what fashion was going to be like in the next two to three years. Because sure. the people that usually shop there were so fashion forward. I mean... Some of the styles in 2001, 2002 haven't even hit Fresno yet. So we're waiting for it. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Limited too. Um, that for me, that was like, honestly. The brand? Of, mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was just, Little you know, those, kids. those, I was just found a few of those jackets. You did. I did. Oh, yeah. I want to see them. So the, once again, not something I could really afford. And I can remember going into the one at the Park City Mall in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was huge. And I can, that is one of the first times I actually remember like actively thinking like, wow, we're poor, you know, because I would see all these little girls. It took that long? It didn't, it, it wasn't that I, I didn't realize it before. I kind of like internalized it then because I was older, you know, I you wasn't knew the significance little, of it. Yeah. And I saw, like, you could tell looking at the parents and looking at the kids, like, oh, these people are. Yeah, I knew the difference. Wealthy and, like, the spoiled brat attitude. Like, I want to take all that into the dressing room. Like, you would see, like, parents just taking, like, I don't know, back then I think dressing rooms were a little bit more lax, like 20 things in the dressing room. There was no limit. Yeah. And um, now it's three. I did get, yes, I got one outfit. My aunt bought it for me um, for Christmas. And I remember being so excited. Um, it was like they were, and I wrote down, they were jeans, almost like a six, eight, four, big, big, big bottom. 
and they had like three girls on it and they were like giving the peace sign. Well, you can't see what I'm doing, but art can. And it had a matching long sleeve top and the graphic, the screen print on the top matched the embroidery on the pants. And I just remember being so excited to have a limited two outfit to wear on dress down days because you have to keep in mind I was in Catholic school then. So on Friday, we would dress down for a dollar and they would like give the money to a charity. Aw. Yeah. So That's cute. But I just, I, I think that that brand in general really for me, for someone my age, spoke a lot to that era. You know, it had everything I wanted in that store. I just, it was cute. Oh, cute stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. I actually, I want to, I, I want to go see, I'm sure somebody has some like cool time capsule pictures of one of the stores because I, I would just like to look at it, you know. Um, you know, the store that I actually, when I w- did go to the mall, because it's been a while since I've been to a mall or bought anything. And it was structure. That's what I wrote down. I you wrote, did. look at, yeah, structure. And I put dash brother because my brother. Dash brother? Like, well, in my notes, like a oh. hyphen. Oh, like, gotcha. that's where my brother shopped. Yeah. yeah, he was obsessed with structure. And honestly, when we find vintage structure here, it's really good quality. Yeah. And then I would always, if I walked into the gap, I'd go straight to the sale rack. Because sometimes they'd have some cool stuff. I was always buying stuff off season. Well, I have the gap. Oh, I'm, I'm getting, well, actually. I guess I could jump ahead right now and do that. I just wanted to talk about mall brands in general. Gap for me really screams that era, especially the ads. Like I wrote down Mellow Yellow. Do you remember the Mellow Yellow Mellow ad? Yellow. Yeah, and they're all like, you know, they call me Mellow Yellow. And um, there was people all over the world join hands, start a love train. There was that one. Oh, I love that. It's a great song. No, they have, well, it's a great song, but they had such amazing ads. And I loved, like, because I, Gap was probably like, I the remember. The people that did Pepsi did them. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I liked the beauty products at Gap because they were cheaper. They and really the had, I don't section, remember beauty yes, products. Yeah. I would live in the sales section in the back of the store. And always looking over my shoulder to see if anybody I know was in the store because I was embarrassed to be back in the sales section. And and all the beauty products, like they had lip balm and they had Gap Grass. Gap Grass, they reinstated that perfume in the early 2010s. Like I think maybe 2011. I still have the bottle. Like I've used it sparingly just because I know that they probably won't ever bring it back again i saw someone's making a candle that smells like it but there yeah there was gap dream gap grass um but no just like mall brands in general spencer's gifts um did you have those in california yeah yeah i mean just fun like novelty um structure my brother loves structure american eagle aeropostale aeropostale however you say it victoria's secret bath and body works claire's um Afterthoughts was an amazing store who I believe was Canadian based. My Canadian listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. They there was this really strong trend when I was little, which also goes into one of my last notes of Clueless. There were like these little jelly plastic bags with like a snap lock, and everyone in my class had one. I remember mine were they had clear. Like, yes, oh, I remember those. Remember those? Yeah. yeah, I had a sun and a moon, sparkling silver sun and moons on mine. Um, but they were, that was just like a hot trend and I love those accessories. Did you guys have a hot topic? We did, but that was like more early two thousands. I remember going into a hot topic for the first time with my mom and she was like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, I would never go in. I would just look from the outside and it was usually like, like dark and the stuff was inappropriate. It was, it was, 
It was a little raunchy, a little goth, a little yeah, goth. sexual, but so was Spencer's. Honestly, it was just like a little more of a gothic Spencer's. They me. had all the trip stuff. I got some really cool stuff there. Like they had sur- some surf and skate or skate brands at least. And I had, um, I would get like, God, what were some of the shirts I got there? I'm trying to think. Do you know those are big now? I, well, and I wanted to talk about character branding too. And they had a lot of character branding there. Like, you know, common to wear clothes from your favorite shows. Like I think yeah. I had a, a Daria tank top from the Delia's catalog. Um, the Simpsons, Looney Tunes, Nickelodeon shows, you know, that was yeah. very, very common. Um, and also going Pokemon into, shirts were there. Yes. They had a shit ton of Pokemon stuff. Um, and then also the Delia's and Alloy catalog were huge for young girls and I got a lot of stuff from the wall not a lot of stuff from those but little by little pieces here and there um and that was like I feel like my first catalog experience kind of reminds me of Estin's show when Parker Posey oh. you know when they're talking about how lucky we were to live in the time of catalogs which I do think is true I remember but they're talking about uh J. Crew yeah. or no LL J. Crew and LL Bean yeah, she was reading it, and I was having my coffee. Yeah, I was on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Got your busy bee. Um, that's, I mean, that's a great 90s Y2K movie. I think that came out in... 97? 99? I'm going to look. Uh, but oh, Parker Posey, I think she has some of the best 90s Y2K looks ever. You know, that's, an ama- that's not even a call-out I planned. But How about I, the... That like when she was in, in Waiting York. for Guffman. Which one? Oh, the Day Trippers? Yeah. Yes. So good. Best in show, 2000. 2000. So, I mean, everybody, the looks in that show are just so good. I don't even think purposefully trying to be, but um, I I enjoy the fashion in those films. Um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? God. Kimona? No, no. The guy who makes the movie, Christopher Guest, brain fart. Yep. Um, That's what smells in here. No. <laughs> uh, Clueless, you know, I didn't touch too much on it, but I think Clueless also set a huge trend. Um, I can remember people using like fuzzy pens after that and trying to look like Cher and Dion, and you know, well, I will. I was more of a. I was actually more of a fan of Clueless, the ABC TV show, than I was of the movie. Not that I didn't like Alicia Silverstone. I thought Alicia Silverstone was a better share um, than the girl who played her on TV. But um, that was just, that was, I think, such a huge trend-setting film. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you, how about, what do you think the influence of Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie? Yeah, that's, that's definitely like Y2K style. Um, I mean, that's a huge influence, and I'm like, the stretch jeans, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, yeah. like the velour jumpsuits, Juicy Couture jumpsuits. Um, Do you remember the the boots, the the uh, butterfly boots? Butterfly boots. So they're they're cowboy boots. Oh yeah. And then on the sides were like embossed and blazoned. Ugg boots. Oh no, that has never gone. Unfortunately. It's time to retire your Uggs in the summertime. I know, but I do remember like a very specific moment when they became a thing. Um, I do. Yeah, it was a little bit later. I do also remember like early 2000s, like Adidas Stan Smith had like a moment where I lived that I didn't really ever remember them. And then everybody had them. Um, that was different because I wasn't used to wearing. 
I didn't have a lot of sneakers, you know. I mean, for Catholic school, I had, like, dress shoes. And then in the summer, I had flip-flops, really, or slides. So I remember. Did you have to wear men's dress shoes for Catholic school? Uh, I wore, like, brogues, which is probably why I still really like brogues. I had uh, Dr. Martens um, or some other brand, like a good, that's like another 90s, like a good chunky heel. But I think our chunky. heel had to be below an inch and a half. Can you imagine a nun on the ground with a ruler? I mean, I, I don't ever remember that happening to us. They were more pissed off about makeup, you know, when you started wearing makeup. Were I you allowed remember. to? Uh, no. None. I mean, I did because I had horrible acne. I, like, wore foundation, and I think they were, like, kind enough to not say anything. But my friend wore, like, full-blown eyeliner and mascara, and I remember the nun, like, made her scrub it off her face, and she just kind of looked like a raccoon. Oh, poor thing. No, it's fine. (laughs) She was asking for it. Um, What do you think? Trucker caps. Trucker caps, yeah. yeah, Von Dutch. Yeah, it's back again. Back again. It doesn't seem to really go away. Oh, it went away. Trust me. And then we, (laughs) if you got our newsletter, not in June, but in May, we talked, well, I talked about how Art's getting requests for low-rise stretch denim. Low-rise stretch denim flares. Very specific. Even in Australia, there's a... There's a huge movement for the Y2K stuff down there again. What other Y2... Baby doll tees. Okay. Oh, see, I like those. Those yep. are good. Like any specific brands? No. No. I just pulled one off the racks that was like a cute... Um, it was the... You know, it's kind of when junk food started. Yeah. So I think okay. that's going to be coming back. The old junk food prints and the tees. Because their bodies like, that they used were really good. Like Paul Frank and stuff like that. Hello Kitty. Hello, oh God. Those those were on those bodies. I have an amazing. Well, I don't have a baby tea, but I have an amazing Karopi. Karopi, Karopi. I'm not, never really clear on how to say it, but Karopi. A, a sweat, yeah, a sweatshirt. I've never worn it. I took it just because I needed it. That was like my favorite Sanrio character, even more than Hello Kitty. He was always my favorite. So, that's interesting. Yeah. What else was there? Oh, the anime. Oh yeah, yep. Yep. A lot of lot of interest in anime. It just seems like it's gotten built up more and more, and you know they're on similar bodies, so it's it's the look, it's the look, and more of the high waist still because it's people are understanding high waist stuff is a little bit more flattering. Oh, we didn't talk know? about um, Genko. That's something that people always want, and it's just so piecemeal. That yeah. was something you could find at Hot Topic. <laughs> I remember, yeah, at Hot Topic, they had kickwear. Yeah, Do you remember kickwear, kickwear yep. and trip. Yep. Like, there's two big, big two stores pipes. in Japan that they had for the years. It's all they requ- every time they send me an, a request, they always put those on there, and I'm like, in it's five years, I found you two pieces. Yeah. You might want to move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, it's strange because, well, I think. <sighs> I think the problem is, is the demand for it is very strong, but yet the people who wore it, it wasn't a large part of the population. So you're, you have a large demand and not a large part of the actual product. Yeah. Like I have to wonder like how much of that product in stores actually ever even sold. Exactly. I I didn't have any friends who wore, yeah, I was just going to say, I, they probably dined at, dined it out and destroyed it. And then after that, what ends up happening is it gets like, People like me who buy bales of denim, 
I, I remember seeing it, but not in huge quantities. And it goes into the, you know, where we cut the legs and use the legs for parts and the rest gets bailed up. I mean, probably for like someone like me with like a bigger butt and mus- muscular legs, it would be a nice short. Okay. It's a wider leg. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I think a painter pant would be perfect for you because that is, that's like the right proportions. Yeah. A men's painter pant. Yes. Um, all right. It's time to do our, our patron, our new patron mention. Oh. And then we'll come back to the topic. So we do have a new patron. Her name is Allison, and she caught me just before we started recording um, with a question for Art. Her Instagram is at the underscore champagne underscore factory, the champagne factory on Instagram. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Um, I didn't ask her if she wanted a business shout out. I just assumed. So go follow her. Give her some support. Thank you, Allison, for supporting the show. And um, let me little bit of a long question um she asked me if it had already been covered i don't think so so she said she'd love our advice on building community in the vintage space um she launched her store during the pandemic and definitely appreciated the solo time to self-educate get her website up and running and make social media connections but she's craving real life connections too which i totally get Uh, My application to be a vendor at a local market was recently denied, likely because of my inexperience and a surplus of vendors. But what other steps can I take to nurture, grow, and invest in my vintage passion outside of the internet? Are there summer camps for vintage lovers? Hey, I'm trying to create a a vintage retreat here in the area, just an FYI. Um, Should I be using my inventory to style photo shoots? I feel like I've found some footing with operating a business and my eyes are scanning the horizon for what other vintage niche magic awaits i'm still a relative newbie so any wisdom is greatly appreciated thanks so much okay so let's break down her question i think she has two questions so what other steps can she take to nurture grow and invest in her vintage passion outside of the internet so she's looking so so she's got a brick and mortar now she wants to make some uh no she's she's trying to do pop-ups pop-ups okay well do you know what city she's in she's in hang on I usually look that up ahead of time. I can't. I can't tell. I'll have to ask okay. her. So, wait. Let me see. keep talking. Go ahead. Um, she wants to is, develop relationships with people, which can be hard to do in this industry. Let's be honest. Well, you got to be seen, but at least she's she's one step ahead in the fact that she wants to cultivate relationships. Yes. You know, a lot of times people don't want to do that. Um, you got to find. I mean, the fact that you were turned down is kind of really upsetting in a sense because nobody should be turned down to be able to sell someplace. Uh, I would say try, try again and maybe fluff up your resume a little bit. uh, If they're asking for things, which again, I'm surprised that you got denied. Um, But try a regular flea market, possibly Uh, try maybe doing your own with uh, somebody else locally or venture out to a little bit further and get one under your belt. And then when you come back to your place, uh, you'll be more ready for it. But I mean, I know this is a question for you, but just one thing I'm thinking is sometimes it might be nice to get together with people outside of that, like competitive selling environment. Like why not have like a meetup group with local vintage sellers where maybe you get together and get a cup of coffee or, 
get a beer or go to happy hour or, you know, maybe do dinner at somebody's house or something like that where that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. not, not to be negative, but people are way too competitive when it comes to their businesses. Unfortunately, not everyone. I know. That. I know that's not why, everyone. That's why I said it, it is difficult to foster those. Relationships. But is she, she wants relationships with clients, not so much just with other vendors. If you're going to foster a relationship with vendors, then you need to go e- either to their stores, introduce yourself, see if they're looking for something and maybe possibly be a wholesale avenue where you can start fostering a relationship and then offer this, you know, this it's a great idea to use your inventory for photo shoots, but it's also something you can do for them if they're I not savvy. I guess I read savvy. her question wrong. I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have chimed in. No, you could chime in any time. Um. I thought she was looking to make more connections with people who sell vintage, not her clients. Um, should I be using my inventory to style photo shoots? Absolutely. Uh, it depends. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, now is it your photo shoot for your business or are you letting people borrow your clothes? I guess would be my question. Yeah. The rental business is a wonderful way to go. Uh, yeah. Like Bridget just said, there's two ways. If it's just for yourself, so you can sell your stuff better, okay? And if it's for other companies to use your stuff for their photo shoots, yes, that's an entire industry in itself. The more use you get out of your inventory, and the best part about that is you don't have to give it away. And if we, if you have more specifics, uh, feel free to send it. Uh, because the more information you give me, the better answer I can give you. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so at patron.podbean.com slash podcast. If you can't remember that, just Google it. It'll pop up. Um, we don't do our patron through Patreon. We do it through Podbean. $2 will get you just, well, will give us some general support, and you can feel good knowing that you're supporting the podcast. $5, you get a shout-out, whether personal and or business. You get to ask Art a burning question on the show. And you get a free bi-weekly mini-sode. Last week's free, well, not free, (laughs) the bi-weekly mini-sode for um, our $5 and $20 tier members last week was the craziest shit I've seen happen in the warehouse. Hopefully nobody was offended. I thought it was funny. Um, I I talked a little bit about my styling stuff, too. Oh, good. Yeah, about tush and... And the cuckold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I'd talk about some other fashion experience. I've had some odd things happen to me. And um, if you want to do mentor calls with us, I actually have one today. You get one 30-minute mentor call a month. It's a $20 month charge. You get that call, and you also get all of the benefits of the $5 tier, so you will get those biweekly minisodes um, that are private to the general public. And you listen to those through Podbean. In case anybody's out there that's been supporting us and they're like, I haven't gotten the episodes, you need to download the Podbean app or you can listen through the Podbean on um, listen through podbean.com on your browser. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So if you're willing to support us, we really, really appreciate it. Right now, we're half funded. I set a new financial goal and we're half funded for it. So that's great. Yeah. Soon enough, we're going to redo my office and make it more podcast friendly. Um, going back to the Y2K, we've, and we talked a lot about like more nineties, but the Y2K sequence, sequence. Shh, all the blingy stuff. 
Yeah, no, rhinestones. Rhinestones, so. that's the word. Yeah, yeah. embellished, stuff. bedazzled. Yeah, a lot yeah. of Swarovski. Swarovski. Oh, Swarovski. I always forget the V. Yeah, um, lots of hats with it, jeans, T-shirts. Yes, lots of T-shirts with. I and never, I hated I those because you put them through the washing machine, even on Gentle, and they'd fall off. And I was a perfectionist, so it's like, I don't want to wear that anymore. You know those were actually iron-ons? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, I was just I thinking like sweater dusters were huge, Y2K, and it was just not flattering. Like if you had a big ass, a sweater duster is just like an ass curtain, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and That's... they had them like with faux fur trim, faux fur was huge in the early 2000s, you know, like faux fur trim. Faux jackets. fur. Boots with the fur. Fur. I had boots fur. with the fur. I bet. <laughs> I had I some weird ass ones. shoes. Pink. Not that there's anything wrong with boots with the fur, but I... Some of my footwear choices were questionable. What was the store I'd go shopping at? Gadzooks. Gadzooks. You guys had a Gadzooks? Yeah. I should just do it. We should do an episode. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode on mall stores of the 90s. Mall stores that are gone. Yes. The the dead malls. Um, So any other requests you see coming in for Y2K stuff since you feel like that's the next big decade revival? Yeah, denim jackets. Just a different cut of denim jacket. Mm. And the whole uh, mesh mesh shorts. Okay. That was big. I feel like that was more 90s to me, but I don't know. Mesh is always kind of, mesh is a sport fabric. So people are always, I think, going to be wearing some form of mesh. I mean, football players wear it, you know. Yeah. Pennies. Yeah, exactly. Pennies. Didn't you have, didn't you wear pennies and? In your powder puff football days? Uh, no, we had uh, shirts made. Shirts, gotcha. Yeah, with t-shirts. Because that would have been real popular. I think a lot of people would have gone and watched you guys in <laughs> pennies. Yeah, we played in like <laughs> December, so I think that would have been a little uncomfortable. Uh, you never know, it might pop out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God you've never worked anywhere with an HR. HR. HR, HR puffing stuff. <laughs> yeah. HR puffing stuff. Um. Oh, you know, early 2000s had some, like, crazy, like, beauty trends, too. I'm just thinking, like, um, I remember a lot of eye glitter and ugly lip gloss, like. Ugly lip gloss? Like, the lip, you've seen me put on my UV lip balm, oh, right? That, that purple hooker stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I actually used to wear lipstick. They're workers, too, you know. Lipstick, yeah. well, they are. Okay. Work it, girl. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> or guy, or what, whatever. You work it. Um, I used to wear lipstick that actually looked like that. Christ. Well, this is what happens. You know, I w- I'd like to write a piece on this um, about <laughs> <laughs> the, the suppression of creativity and expression that Catholic school does to children because you end up with me, the girl. And the what is wrong outfit. with that? What is Absolutely wrong with that? Absolutely nothing, but yeah, I went a little cuckoo. Yes. I remember anything when our Walmart re- anything, opened. Oh, my God. Anything Walmart you repressed. Opened, and I remember Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen had makeup and Jane makeup. Jane Cosmetics. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll do also do a bonus episode on cosmetics. Yeah. Sorry. This was a fun one for me. Art Good. wasn't as enthused about it. But the last two have been very heavy on the art. God. <laughs> 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 Having you got to see this face to having appreciate a, it. Having a Fraser Crane moment. You know, yeah, we need a video just so you guys could appreciate her face. 
<laughs> you're, look at your face. Uh, Remember that from Schitt's Creek? Look at your when face. When David, David has the self tanner on. Oh, yeah. And Lex is like, ew, David, look at your face. And he's like, look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think we're good. You're good. It was fun. It wasn't meant to be like a list. It was meant to just be reminiscing and fun. And hopefully, as you were listening, you were like, oh, my God, I remember that, You know, the one thing that really I remember a lot and, you know, is the Rose Bowl and what some of these people would wear. And I just, my, I remember my dad, like, in in Lebanon, if they wear these clothes. Stoned, they would, beheaded. the brothers would come and get them and, and put the clothes on them. Oh, okay. Because it was, like, I guess all the midriffs. Like Saudi Arabia. No, I was going, not, I was going, rocks. I was going a French little, country, man. Going a little far. <laughs> yeah, you went too far. But it was the fact that the midriffs were showing. The jeans were super low. I mean, like really low, where it was like a two oh. or three inch. Oh, zipper. and G strings too. Some people would wear their G strings out of the back of the yeah. jeans. Yeah, yeah. like the fucking like it literally just like was you you could see it. Like a and little then, fabric to cover your hoo ha. Yeah, and we would and my, my favorite thing to do was go up behind random people and just give them a Melvin. Oh, <laughs> oh G <gee>, Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm sure for your dad that was eye-opening coming from a country where your women are much more conservatively dressed well i mean lebanon was pretty much european because it was french it was a a true arab arab because there's not too many orthodox or strict muslims there really really i was gonna say isn't it mostly a muslim country no it's it's divided even the muslims are divided you know right yeah between the shia and the sunni Mm -hmm. and the christian it's 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 a well nice balance of everything See, guys, we started off talking about Paris Hilton. Now we're talking about the Shias and the Sunnis. <laughs> well, that's the world. Everything oh, is, you know, yeah. intersex. Yes. Ah, 50 minutes. It's a long one. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. No. All right. It's nice to see you laughing so much. Oh, good. Good. People keep saying that to me. I'm like, do I always look depressed? No. It's just. The world needs more people to laugh and smile uh, and be happy right now. Yesterday, I rode a horse that wasn't mine. I rode this um, woman at my bar, and I rode her horse. And she's like, it's so nice to see you smiling. I'm like, well, no one died. Like, why do people keep saying that to me? I guess it's been a rough couple of months for me, and people know that. So That and the whole world. Yeah, I know. You know, that's why I I know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's very rare you find people who are just, Happy. Willing to throw the shit away and just be happy again. Like, throw this toxicity away and let's be happy again. That's my message. All right. Well, in the meantime, friends, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy. Don't be basic. And don't be basic. Bye. Bow, 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 bow.